It's time to have lunch and talk sports. The Jeff Dantzler Show on the Superstations. Hello there, it is high noon in America's greatest college town, which means it is lunchtime in Athens. My name is Jeff Dantzler. Chris Rogers is our producer. We thank you greatly for spending, start that over, pending, spending part of your day with us. So hello in central Georgia, Macon, Montezuma, Warner Robins, Perry, Fort Valley, down into Pinehurst, Rochelle, Waycross, Blackshear, Eastman, Cochran, Hawkinsville, Tifton, Ashburn, Cordell, and Unadilla, and all our friends on the coast in Savannah, Wilmington Island, out to Tybee Light, down into Brunswick and the beautiful Golden Isles, St. Simon, Sea Island, Jekyll Island, to the 912, the 478, and the 229 from the 706. My name is Jeff Dancer, along with our superb producer, Chris Rogers, who sits at Mission Control anxiously and hurriedly going through a plethora of monster ballads from the 1980s, getting you ready for every guy's favorite holiday, Valentine's Day tomorrow. And if you're a fan of Parks and Recs, the first time I ever heard from Leslie Nope, Galentine's Day for all the single ladies out there. We'll admit, back in my 20s, did a hit the streets of Athens, Georgia, downtown Athens, solo on Valentine's night a couple of times. Could be kind of depressing, but you never know. Hoping to find love. Everybody is, I think, on Valentine's Day. So if you're looking for your Valentine's, I wish you the best of luck. I got a couple of friends whose birthdays are on Valentine's Day. I'd actually scheduled a date one time unbeknownst to me. It was our second or third date that it was Valentine's Day, and that was kind of awkward. That would wound up going nowhere. So if you got a good Valentine's story, would love to hear it too. But yeah, wandering the streets of Athens, sometimes hoping to find another lonely heart out there here in Athens, GA. Big hello going out to our friends from Arrowhead Tool out of Perry, Georgia, located at 629 General Courtney Hodges Boulevard. Thank you very much, Arrowhead Tool. We greatly appreciate your support. Hey, let us know. Shoot me a tweet. Let me know where you're listening in from. And I've still got a couple from yesterday that we hit on, which was what was your biggest takeaway from the Super Bowl? Got some good responses on that. And uh, out there today, should I tweet this wrong? I'm getting nothing back. I'm telling you, since this thing turned over, and I'm not no politics or anything here, I'm just not getting the response. I don't know if the analytics or whatever are different. I've had some people say, I'm glad you said that. You're not showing up on mine anymore. All right. What's next year's Super Bowl? I need your predictions. 478-646-3776 or at Jeff Dantzler TV. Usually like to do this the day after, but I thought yesterday was a good day just to recap and summarize. So today, who do you think is going to be in there? Besides the obvious pick of Falcons-Jags, who do you think is going to be in there? When do the Falcons return to the Super Bowl? Because for all of the lousiness since the blown 28-3 lead, and they did make the playoffs the next year. Julio Jones had one go right through his hands against his future team. Losing seasons ever since, 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. That equals six consecutive losing seasons. Quarterback's obviously the big issue. And for the Atlanta Braves, what is most important, along with health, particularly with the pitching, for the Braves to make a run at the Fall Classic? And I sort of joke here, is it not winning the division? 
i.e., you don't get that bye. Go play in the two out of three. As I've said before, winning the division is more of a non-negative. You survive that shootout round, but for the teams who win the two out of three, you've got every bit as good a chance to win it. And as was indicated last year, as we've repeated ad nauseum, just look at the numbers. Three teams won over 100 games last year. The Atlanta Braves, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and the Baltimore Orioles. Their combined records in their three, three out of five series in the American League Divisional Series was a robust one and nine. And you might remember that one win. That was as thrilling a Braves victory as I could ever remember. At the time, I said this might be – the most exciting, you know, when you talk about biggest, obviously you'd have to go back to the clinching victory to win the World Series, the Marquise Grissom's catch. Yeah, I mean, was it the the with the Harris catch? Was it? I mean, the biggest since Cabrera, the most exciting single play, thrilling win, and then just a dud. And remember, for all the questions with the pitching, the offense failed in the postseason. Failed. So I sort of joke, but is not winning the division the biggest thing? And somebody from Macon is calling me right now. I'm guessing that is spam. Uh, Chris Rogers, our producer. I'm Jeff Dancer. Again, shoot us a tweet. Chris is at Chris Master Radio. I'm at Jeff Dancer TV. Of course, you can get in touch with Bill Shanks at Bill Shanks. Let us know where you're listening from. We have had listeners from all across the great state of Georgia in the south, and Georgia, Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, Tennessee, Mississippi, out in New Orleans and Texas, out west in Arizona, California, Seattle, Portland, Chicago, Illinois, in PA, New York, Vermont, Boston, Mass, Virginia, Maryland, D.C. This show, The Bill Shank Show, all of our interviews, and you just heard a promo that Chris put together with the Hall of Famer Kevin Butler. You can listen to those. Just go to the superstations.com. User-friendly site. Do not be intimidated. I remember with computers, I was trying to teach my grandmom how to play solitaire on the computer, and she just said, I'm going to stick to the cards. I'm kind of like that. But this one's really easy. You just click on, say, let's say Bill Shanks is interviewing Alex Anthopoulos. You can stream, just listen to the Bill Shanks show, listen to Chef Dantzler's show, or you can go to Bill Shanks interviews Alex Anthopoulos, click right on that, and listen to it in podcast form. That's what my lovely bride, Emily, likes to do. By the way, I get a little bit of a squeeze. We're talking about Valentine's Day. Her birthday is February 18th, which is coming up. So you get Valentine's Day on the 14th, and you kind of got the Christmas Amex bill paid off. And, and, and guys, just uh, 411, FYI. And I get it. I think Valentine's Day is ridiculous, like for buying stuff. But you at least have to get a card. You at least have to. And if you, Chris, are you listening to me? And if you at least mutually agree, oh, we're not going to get anything for anybody, you better get a card. Because if she gets one and you don't, man, that is just not going to be good. I'll be in the doghouse if I don't do that. So, uh, I mean, you're, you're, you're at least getting a card, right, Chris? Yes. yes. And I'm an expert. I got Hopefully. married at 45. I know what I'm talking about here. So at least get a card, guys. I get it. The roses are jacked up. Flowers die. And, you know, the candy and all that stuff's good. But at the same time, a lot of people, you know, you might be watching what you eat, especially trying to get the post-holidays diets going good. 
I say this, I just ate a blonde brownie that a friend dropped off a couple of days ago that was scrumptious. But, guys, you at least have to get a card. Trust me. And, hey, you might come out ahead if she says, we agreed not to get anything. So, well, hey, I just got you a card. Then you come out ahead, and then they feel like they owe you one, and, you know, they might do something nice for you. You know, like make you some brownies or something. It's nice to get that upper hand. And don't let them guilt you. If you said, hey, we agreed not to do anything, you just say, hey, I felt like I needed to get you something, just a little something. So at least, take it from me, at least get a card out there, guys. And when it comes to gifts and all that stuff, I have no idea. Uh, thank you to B-Rat, oh, who's got a cool nickname, an homage to the great Richard Tarditz, Richard Tarditz, Lesac. Valentine's Day, the 14th. My mother's birthday is the 16th. And my mother and stepfather's anniversary is the 18th. Man, that's a lot. That's where you might just, uh, it is your mom. You know, you can get your mom anything. She's going to appreciate it. But, you know, the combo gifts. I always felt for my friends who had birthdays right around Christmas, like the 22nd, 23rd, that's tough. Yeah, that's a lot to squeeze in there. So Valentine's Day, mom's birthday the 16th, mom and stepmom anniversary on the 18th. Good luck with that, B-Rhett. And I love the Richard Lassac handle there as well. Uh, got a couple more tweets I want to get to going back to the biggest takeaway from the Super Bowl. And I'm going to throw you a couple of Georgia Bulldog defenders that I think are poised to have really big seasons, one in particular. Just guys, and Kirby is a master, just like Nick Saban, with the roster management, with the substitutions, with the matchups, players having tread on the tires, being fresh in the fourth quarter, you name it, having that depth, play to Georgia's advantage. But there's also some guys you look at there and say, I'd like to see that guy play more. I'm going to give you a couple of those coming up here on the other side. You know, what do you think is most important besides staying healthy for the Braves? You're going to have injuries throughout a season. I think one of the most remarkable things, there was the one year Smoltz had to miss a whole season, but, but outside of that, like Glavin, Maddox, and Smoltz, those guys didn't miss starts. It was unbelievable. And I remember going to games back in the 90s, and especially when Avery was there too. It was terrific before injuries sidelined him, but – with those three guys, then you had guys like Millwood and Nagel who were good. You know, in the summer, things are going slow. You could blindly get an invitation. Hey, you want to go see the Braves tonight? Like, yeah, sure. We'll go over. It's just an hour. And, you know, you don't necessarily even look and see who's pitching. That was a 60% chance it was going to be a Hall of Famer. Those guys did miss starts. So, can the Braves pitching, I don't even want to say staying healthy be the most important thing. Can they be healthy in October? And then you just got to hope that, that you don't go into a slump in the postseason like the Braves did last year. The thing they do, you know, what was it, no bunts last year? Did they make one sacrifice? Chris, you might know that. It was just mind-boggling to me. And listen, I love home runs. I get it. I love it. I mean, I think it, it's still – you know, the ability to hit the ball out of the park and that lineup one through nine, everybody can hit the ball out of the park. It's a great strength. But you have to be able to manufacture runs. And in the postseason, grabbing that lead early is extra important. 
because you've got these bullpen specialists and teams trying to, quote-unquote, shorten games, calling starting pitchers openers, and then trying to piece it together with a bullpen, maybe six guys throwing one inning. And that can work, but also that's more guys that can have an off day. But it, it, it's very tough. You have to be able to score with the big ball and score by playing small ball. Both are functional. And that postseason, we said so many times in baseball, it is more different than the regular season. The postseason and, and regular season is way more different than any other sport. Again, like for football, you, know, you play well, now 17 games in the regular season. And then you get in the playoffs, I mean, it is one game a week. Boom, that's it. And in the NBA, you, you've got the playoff set. And I know they do the thing where – You've got like that play in. I guess they tried to spice things up a little bit, but for the most part, you're play- the rest versus rest. Whereas that's a huge factor in baseball and football. You love having the open date, but in in baseball, it was just obviously been such a huge factor. We've seen so many wild cards. Even the old one gamer. I always go back to this: San Fran and Kansas City both made the World Series in 2014. And again, in basketball, though. Essentially, everybody's playing the same number of rounds. You know, the one, two, three, four, five, six seasons. You're all playing a four out of seven to start with. And I know they did the, the new deal. I don't even know the format. It was just kind of silly to me. But And maybe the Hawks can get into that. They've lost a lot of close games this year. But the, the regular season and postseason is so different. And I'll leave it to Gordon Beck. I'm trying to have Gordon on again soon. That the regular season is a marathon and the postseason is a sprint. That means you better be able to manufacture runs and you really, really, really better have a good bullpen. So the Braves rotation, I mean, having Chris Sale come sliding in there, that's going to be huge. And is he going to be healthy and ready to go in October? And with Freed and Strider and Charlie Morton's, I think, 39 Are they going to be able to be healthy? Are they going to be healthy when the chips are down? And they better find another arm. And I'm sure as the season goes along that they could make some moves, but hopefully somebody can develop. And I know Bill will get further into this. Nobody does the Braves like Bill Shanks does. And when I asked him the rotation, he sent me that four and then kind of a combination for that fifth spot. But they're going to need another guy to emerge. And then again, most famous home runs in the history of baseball have been hit off relief pitchers. The postseason, you better be good in that bullpen. It'll be hard for Atlanta to match last season's regular season. So maybe, just maybe, you know, they win 90 games, get in the playoffs, win two out of three, and get hot at the right time. As baseball expanded the playoffs, it cheapened the regular season. That's just the bottom line. You know, back in the day, the World Series used to be the American League champion and the National League champion, which it still is. But it was the best record in the AL and the best record in the NL. Then in 1969, both leagues split into divisions, and you had the LCS, and they were three out of five until 85. And in 85, they became four out of seven. And then it expanded to three divisions plus a wild card, so on and so forth. Now you get six aside. That's a lot for 162 games.
and I always feel for my brethren, major league broadcasters, there was a stretch where both the Pirates and Royals at through the 90s into the 2000s, they both got to 19 or 20 consecutive losing seasons. I just remember thinking, like, my gosh, you get a Memorial Day and you're 18 and 42 and you're already like 20 games out. Oof. Practically eliminated. Still through the heat of the summer with four more months to go. Hard to come up with some good stuff to talk about there. So who's going to be in the Super Bowl next year? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Chiefs out of the AFC. You know, a lot of people say the Bills, maybe the Texans. I think still could be a year or two away with C.J. Stroud. Dolphins, they'd have to play home games. So who's the Super Bowl going to be next year? Love to hear from you or shoot us a tweet. 478-646-3776 at Jeff Dantzler TV. I'll give you a couple of Georgia defenders that I'd like to see that I think are going to have big, big seasons coming up. Maybe see them get a few more snaps. Of course, they got to put in the work on the practice field. Uh, congratulations, Georgia men's golf team, winning the Puerto Rico Classic today. The great Chris Hack just adding to his incredible resume. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Tuesday. It is lunchtime in Athens. My name is Jeff Dantzler. You're listening to the Superstations. Now, back to the Jeff Dantzler Show on the Superstations. Only want to be with you. That's a good lead in. It's good stuff. I wanted to point out there, too, giving a Georgia golf coach Chris Hack some love here. The win today at the Puerto Rico Classic. Coach Chris Hack, 68th career win. And he came to Georgia back in the 1998 season, replacing the and succeeding the legendary Dick Copas. 23 years with at least one title. That's pretty impressive. That's impressive stuff. I got to tweet that out. At least one title in 23 years. Amazing. I got some tweets to get to as well as we rock and roll here on a, what's today, Tuesday? Still Tuesday? Tomorrow's Valentine's Day. I only want to be with you, Hootie and the Blowfish. Uh, by the way, I, I saw Hootie when they were kind of young and up and coming at the Georgia Theater. And I, I like Darius Country better than Hootie. Am I alone in that? Does anybody else like? And I like Darius Rucker a lot. I know he's a big Gamecocks fan. But he loves college football, loves golf. My kind of guy, and just in terms of what he likes for sports. I don't know anything else about it. But I like country hootie better. Maybe that's just me. Anyways. All right. A uh, couple of tweets to get to there as well. There you go. UGA alum 95 says Jets versus Packers. My man Cuts Benedict, the great Cuts Benedict. Chiefs again versus Niners of Green Bay in a league of parity. These two monsters will be right there again. It wouldn't stun me, and I'm going to go through the odds again. UJLM95 says Jets against Green Bay. How about that, Rodgers? TV would love that, wouldn't they? 
Uh, let's go back uh, to your takeaways from the Super Bowl. Meme machine, Shanahan can't win the big one. Great coach, it falls apart. Ned Puddleman says, run the damn ball. I'm with you. John Brown, the preacher, special teams matter. This space for rent. Not a Shanahan fan, but he didn't lose that game. Stir constantly while simmering. The best in college football is much more exciting than the best in the NFL. I would agree with that. And I think most college football fans agree that college football is better. And the powers that be in college football would tell you that it's better, which again makes me wonder why they try and make it more and more like the NFL. I love the NFL. Sweet River Dog. How about them dogs? Indeed. Uh, Bernard Oliver spot on here. Chris Jones, despite not having a sack in the game, is one of the best players on the field. He's a future Hall of Famer, no doubt. Guy's an absolute rock. 51-27 GATA says, all I see when I watch a Super Bowl is 28-3. That is uh, what we call, uh, uh, what is that, PTSD? Hey, Matthew Jones, Bulldog won it. And uh, Atlanta performed. Usher. Our state is awesome, no doubt. Mecole Hardman making the rounds on all the talk shows as well. Thank you, Clark Spratlett, the pro down at Sea Palms. Clark's great. Every Super Bowl team must have dogs on it. Pretty close to being impossible not to, isn't it? My oh, goodness, some of these bots out there catfishing are pretty hilarious. Thank you, Garrett Key, and thank you, Bill Clampton. And thank you to Barry. And Tommy as well. You had a rarity indeed. Yeah, someone tweeted in, it might have been Barry, that Mecole scored a touchdown in the national championship game in the CFP era and the Super Bowl, rare company. And Jalen Hurts did as well. Yeah, that's a short company there. <laughs> J-Rad. How many animals died for all of Taylor's dripping lipstick? <laughs> Thank you, J-Rad. And I'm working on that Knox Culpepper autograph for you. I promise you, Knox is great. He's going to do it. Just got to get it next time he's in town. He's one of my favorites, too. All right. Let's see. What do we want to get to first? Uh, all right. We'll throw this. Uh, all right. We're still talking Super Bowl, but I'm going to give you the, the two Georgia defenders that I've, I'd like to see a little bit more. You know, when Kirby and I talk, hey, I want to see these guys. Now, Kirby does such a masterful job that the staff with the substitution. But there are some guys you feel like, man, when he's in, good things happen. I'd, I'd like to see him more. So one of those is Jalen Walker, number 11. Can play outside, inside. I, I think he's an all-SEC talent, which means you're an all-American talent. But he is just around the ball. He gets sacks. He played great as a freshman. He had a terrific national championship game. He had one of those late sacks when it was 65-7 against TCU. But when he's in, the ball's loose. Sacks, pressure, turnovers. So Jalen Walker, that's one of my guys. And also Tyron Ingram Dawkins, big number 93, TID on that defensive line. Kind of a classic defensive end. I could do like that. You know, one of my pet peeves. Well, he's a five technique. Nobody knows what the hell that is. A lot of coaches wouldn't even tell you, is he an end or not? And that's part of the, the jargon. What the good announcers will do, they'll tell you, Ingram Dawkins a defensive end. Kind of what you see at a classic 4-3 setup. 
Now, one terminology for that is a five technique, which means that he plays on the outside shoulder of the tackle. And that way you're explaining what it is, but you're also not being condescending to the fan and the listener. I think Romo's really good with that. Troy Aikman as well. Anyways, so I think Jalen Walker and Tyron Ingram Dawkins, two guys think you're going to have big ears. I'd like to see a little few more snaps from them. Okay, so the Super Bowl odds, and they're both not going to make it back. I mean, the last time that happened was Cowboys-Bills. But the, the 49ers are the best bet to not just make it, but to win the Super Bowl next year. I would bet against that if Brock Purdy's a quarterback. And again, it's nothing against him, but the next three favorites, and Brock Purdy's a fine player, but here are your next three favorites, Kansas City, Baltimore, and Buffalo. Now, they're on the AFC. They're on the same side. But would you take Purdy and the Niners over Mahomes and the Chiefs? No. Jackson and the Ravens? San Fran? Saw what happened on Christmas Day. The Bills and Josh Allen. Detroit next. I don't think they're getting back. That was a painful loss for them. I think you make the playoffs. But sometimes you see a team make a run. That hangover is hard. The next year's a grind. Then it's a year after that when they push back. Bengals, they anticipating a healthy Burrow. Pretty good bargain at plus 1,200. Then the Dolphins at plus 1,700. The Niners, by the way, are plus 550. It means if you put 100 on the Niners to win the Super Bowl, you'd win 550. So out of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the top seven favorites, five are out of the AFC. I think that the eighth pick, that the Eagles, something obviously happened there. That's still a talented team. Green Bay, is Jordan Love going to continue to emerge? The Eagles and Packers are plus 2,000, as is Dallas, which is plus 2,000. How in the world could you bet on the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl? They are a collapse waiting to happen in the postseason. Again, I go back to Mike McCarthy, and yes, with Aaron Rodgers, they did win the Super Bowl in 2010. I'm aware. The 2010 season. They never got back after that in a non-dominant conference. No Brady in the Patriots. No Big Ben in the Steelers. No Peyton Manning. First with the Colts, then with the Broncos. And they didn't get back. He is just not a good coach. If you're talking about winning and getting to that highest level, can he get you to the playoffs? If you've already got a good team, sure. But if you want to get to that top rung, again, he couldn't do it after the first time with Aaron Rodgers. It's not going to happen with Dak Prescott and Jerry Jones and the dysfunctional Cowboys. Green Bay, I could see. They're going to be a popular pick. It's all about the progression of Jordan Love. Philadelphia Jalen Hurts got to stop turning the ball over, and they got to figure out what in the world happened down the stretch. Houston at plus 2,200. They're heading in the right direction. Again, the reason is C.J. Stroud, and and that just goes back to the importance of the quarterback position. Everybody knows that. They had the second pick in the draft, which means they had the second worst record in football the year before. And they won a playoff game this past year. Now, they also went out, traded their pick for this year to get Will Anderson, who was one of the top two defensive prospects, along with Jalen Carter. So they get Stroud to Anderson. 
and Stroud is magnificent. Early returns, way better than Bryce Young. I still think Young is good, but Stroud's bigger. He's stronger. He can make more of the throws. And I, th- I think 90% of people would agree. And, and I get it coming. I understand how you might would want Young, and, and maybe Bryce will turn out to be very good. He doesn't have much talent around him at Carolina. But then again, Houston was terrible the year before. I, I, I said from day one, and I think they're both great. And obviously as a Bulldog, we saw a lot of Bryce Young. I like Stroud better. And by the way, the Panthers are the last pick. All right, after the Texans, the next favorite's the Jets, presuming a healthy A.A. run. Then the Chargers. Harbaugh being there with Herbert. I think they could at least make the playoffs. They've been an underachieving team with that coach who seemed more concerned about being the defensive coordinator and arguing with the reporters, just immature. The Jags might be a good play at plus 3,000. I don't know what happened with Jacksonville. I know Trevor was hurt some. They've got a lot of good pieces. I think they're a team that could get back. They missed the playoffs by one game, but I think they can get back. They got some good pieces. We'll have Frank Frangie on with us in the next month or two. So I, I feel like they're one of those teams because they've got the quarterback. They just need some fine-tuning, not an overhaul. The Bears at plus 3,000, uh, again, all, all signs pointing to trading Justin Fields and drafting Caleb Williams. I think that's a mistake. I'd trade that pick and bank a bunch of picks. Uh, Falcons at plus 3,000. Who's Atlanta's quarterback going to be? They've got good pieces. Who are they going to bring back on the defense, et cetera, et cetera. Rams, interestingly, at plus 3,500. So that the Falcons right now more of a favorite than the Rams. Uh, the Browns at plus 3,500. When are we going to get that Browns-Lions Super Bowl? Then the Colts and the Vikings and the Seahawks. Tampa, Pittsburgh. I guess Pittsburgh's kind of stuck in the middle now, but they're playoff regular. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. Plus 7,500. Again, it gets back to the quarterback position. Are they going to go with Kenny Pickett? Is it Mason Rudolph? What are they going to do? Arizona at plus 8,000 quarterback issues. New Orleans plus 8,000. Washington's terrible. The Giants lost. The Patriots overhaul. They had their glorious two decades. They're in a huge state of transition. The Raiders, I I think they might could be good enough to make the playoffs. That's a tough division, but they might be good enough to make the playoffs. Denver next, plus 10,000, not sold. And your last two, Tennessee and then Carolina. So Tennessee and then Carolina. So... If you're picking for the Super Bowl next year, I think the Niners are going to have a hard time getting back just because the quarterback, they just don't have the margin for error. Again, I, I think San Fran and Kansas City have had the best teams. Kansas City's got the best quarterback. I, I just have a hard time going with him. Even though I think he's good, but not great. But now there, there's not another great quarterback because you're looking at the favorites here. You go Purdy, 
Goff, Hertz, Love, Dak. So let me do let me do this. Out of the top, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, again, like I said, two of the top seven were NFC, and then you get three more with Philly, Green Bay, and Dallas. And then you go into Houston, the Jets, the Chargers, the Jags, more AFC. I think Green Bay might be a play if Jordan Love continues to progress. But I'm going to go Philadelphia and Kansas City. I mean, until somebody dethrones them. Six straight AFC championship games. So that could catch up with you. So in essence, with the four Super Bowls in five years, and remember they had the extra playoff game this year. They didn't get a first-round bye. That was Baltimore. So let's say over that six-year period they've played two, three, five, two, uh, let's say two, three, three. So that's eight, two more, ten, uh 13, 4, 17. They've essentially played an extra full regular season. I'm just doing that off the top of my head. Let's say in 2018 they played two. In 2019 they won the Super Bowl, so they played three. That's five. In 2020 they went. That's eight. In 21 they lost AFC Championship, played two, so that's ten. Uh, won the Super Bowl last year. That's three, so that's 13, and then four games this year. So, yeah, that's 17 games in the postseason over a six-year period. That can take a physical toll. And, you know, you, you, you've seen that. I remember back with the Lakers in the 80s. Went to the finals from 80 through 91, nine times in 12 years. You, you got an extra regular season and then some. I know that that happened with LeBron. I think he was in the finals seven or eight straight years. Obviously, you're you're good enough to, to keep going. And Kansas City's retooled some pieces. Hard to pick against them. I, mean, I know this. If they play Baltimore, I'm taking Mahomes over Jackson. If they play Buffalo, I'm taking Mahomes over Allen. Maybe Cincinnati with Burrow. And I, I think a team that's got the goods to get there is Miami. My question with them, though, can they go win on the road in a cold-weather place? You almost feel like they'd have to host. I mean, they had no chance at Kansas City. That's what I'm kicking myself for not flying to Vegas and betting my life savings on the Chiefs. I think that line was eight. They beat them 26-7. to seven. But let's look at the four teams. Miami's, again, the, the seventh biggest favorite to win the Super Bowl. Fifth in the AFC, the four teams ahead of them. Kansas City, you think they're going to go win an arrowhead? Baltimore, you think they're winning up there in January? Buffalo, you think they're winning there in January? Again, two is from Hawaii, played at Alabama, he plays at Miami. No. They would they would have to host, and that's a bit of a tall order. I definitely uh, – I think the Bengals, if Burrow's healthy, they could. And Burrow has beaten Mahomes, obviously, in the playoffs. He is a big game winner. He's been to a Super Bowl and won a national championship. I could see that. Word is, through the grapevine, as Marvin Gaye would sing, that, as everybody, he loves Brock Bowers. And he would love for the front office to make a move and slide up and maybe get Brock. Whew, think about him with – 
Jamar Chase. Holy smokes. I want Ladd to wind up with the Chiefs. He'd be a great fit there. I'd love if they do right with him, and we'll give the new staff the benefit of the doubt for some reason. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They are the Falcons, though. I'd love for Cedric Van Pran to wind up with Atlanta Falcons. That's the type of guy they need to push in the right direction. All right, shoot us a tweet. Let us know where you're listening from. RDU dog, unsolicited advice, the best kind there is. Even if you agree not to share Valentine's Day gifts, ignore it and get her a gift. You can always fall back on you didn't hear the agreement. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't listening. Great call. Or like I said, RDU, you get her something. Even if it's a card, you get nothing back. They might be a little act like they're angry at first, but then at the same time, you got a bit of an upper hand. There's some guilt there. Might do something nice for you. So go with it. Get something. Thank you, RDU dog. Backing me up. RDU said, fired up for Friday. You betcha. Say around 235 for some Georgia pregame. I think we'll be 240 to be exact with a 3 o'clock first pitch opening day. And you'll hear it all right here on the Superstations. I got the Hawks and the Hornets tomorrow night. A little Valentine's Day action. Pregame at 630. Tip-off at 7. Dogs in UNC Asheville. Again, 240 airtime. And, uh, yeah, we'll have that one after Bill's show on a lot of the Superstations. And I guess it's All-Star Weekend. Let's see. uh, Saturday, Georgia men's hoops against Florida. Uh, Let's see. And then Sunday. Well, I won't be on the broadcast Sunday for baseball. I'll be with the Lady Dogs Sunday. So you'll have my man David Johnston solo. I think I have to miss three games early because of crossover. But I love it. It's crossover season. I'm fired up. I'm about to run back out to Foley as soon as we're done here. Just test out some equipment and uh, get ready to go. Opening day on Friday the 16th. And Emily's birthday, it's right around there. So, you know, they're going to have a Galentine's Girls weekend. And I think she's taking Albus and Hermie too. So it'll be just me. Here in what will be a man cave for a couple of nights. All right, let's run into a timeout, and we'll do a little, uh, you know, sayonara for the show here. I'm Jeff Dantzler. Chris Rogers back at Mission Control. Hope everybody's having a good day. Enjoying lunchtime in Athens on the Superstations. Now, back to the Jeff Dantzler Show on the Superstations. Funky bringing us back. Love it. What I got to say is, hope everybody's having a very, very happy Tuesday the 13th. St. Valentine's Day tomorrow. There's once a massacre with the mafia in Chicago on St. Valentine's Day. But yeah, you don't, you don't want that. We're going to talk about some happy times, some love songs. I have scolded Chris here. He said he only had return love songs. I said, no, 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 no. So he said he's got like a half dozen he's going to sprinkle in between this show and Bill's show. 
Maybe both. So if you listen to both, you can you can cheat and get the answer. Again, when it comes to monster ballads, the flame from Cheap Trick, right up at the top of the list. You got to blare that one. That's good stuff. I might have it. Oh yeah. If you promise to donate to two or three of my favorite charities, I'll agree not to sing along. If not, you get me trying to get the high note, and that's hard. So for the Humane Society and the Food Bank, pony up, or you'll hear me singing tomorrow. Dangerous, dangerous. All right, so opening day for Georgia. And, uh, Chris, you you were telling me during the break, breaking news here from the uh, Major League Baseball world. Uh, What's what's the new signing? Uh. San Francisco Giants have gotten Jorge Soler okay. for uh, $42 million in three years. That is a man with some power, and I never will forget that home run that he hit in Houston. So, the Braves, pitchers and catchers report tomorrow as well. I can remember the Braves used to do a thing we would alternate. They would play Georgia one year and Tech the next. It was one of those things that was kind of cool, but it was kind of a hassle. And that would, I guess that was their first spring training game. And you, we had usually played a week or so. But it was kind of fun to go down and do that in Disney. I've got a couple of personalized bats from that game. And you would see some of the, the young Braves arms. And most of Georgia's players and most of Tech's players are from Georgia. So it was a great chance for them to play against a team that they most likely grew up rooting for. But what I remember most, and it was rare that I got to do that game because it was in the middle of basketball season as well. And I remember flying down once and jumping into a car with my buddy Glenn, who had flown down. He got a rental car. And then we drove to Gainesville, and I called Georgia versus Florida basketball. Then flew back with the hoops team, the men's hoops team. But, man, the spread, the food. It always comes back to the food. They had everything you could imagine down there. Oh, my gosh. Turkey sandwiches, chicken salad, fruit, chips, green beans. Man, it was awesome. Great spread. That's probably my favorite memory from playing down at the Disney Complex, which I thought was really cool. I never went to West Palm where the Braves and Expos shared that facility. So the things when I was a kid, I think I used to know where every spring training site was for every major league team, and also what everybody's AAA team was. Now the, the the times have changed, and I get it for practicality. Most teams want that AAA team right next door, so it's easy to get the prospect there. Atlanta's a prime example with the the Gwinnett Stripers one P, with Atlanta's reputation there, uh, the Stripers being right there. Now, the problem is nobody goes to those games because if you want to go, why not just go watch the Braves play? And they let them do no marketing or anything. In Georgia, we played a couple of games. It's it's a nice stadium. It's fine. It's a good minor league ballpark. I like it. But basically, from the big club's orders, you know, they don't want to do anything that would possibly take away from the major league club, and I get that. So it takes away, I think, something for the fans. Like when the team was in Richmond, well, that was their team in the summertime. 
But the, yeah, I get it. It's a farm team. We all know the purpose is there and the ease of it. If you put a pitcher on the DL, well, hey, we're going to get a guy living in those apartments over there in Gwinnett. Guess what? Instead of pitching for the Gwinnett Stripers tonight, you might need to be up and ready to pitch against the Philadelphia Phillies for the Atlanta Braves tonight. So we'll see. The Braves do have the goods to make the World Series, but it is just such a crapshoot. I mean, who in the did, I think the Diamondbacks had the worst record of the six playoff teams in the National League last year. I think it was 84 and 78 was their record. They're in the World Series. I was going through Immaculate Grid this morning. Yeah, just so-so today. Got five in baseball, six in football, and five in the NBA. Actually got five in hockey today. But uh, I usually get seven, eight. And I've got, I get a, several Immaculates for baseball when they've got the categories. I got nine, two out of three days on Saturday, Monday, as I brag. But anyways, I had to look up who was in the World Series last year. I'd forgotten. After I got done with the grid, who's in the World Series last year? I can't remember. Texas and Arizona. I hmm. don't think anybody saw that one coming. So you don't know. I mean, can you name me three guys who play for the Diamondbacks? And I know a lot more guys from the Rangers who played back on those teams in the 90s. They had Juan Gonzalez and Yvonne Rodriguez, those thumpers. Rusty Greer. Then they got Canseco. Man, those guys could hit. All right, we're starting to wind it down here on a two-for-Tuesday, Valentine's Day tomorrow. Everybody wear your pink and get ready to hear some outstanding love songs out there. Chris, what was your uh, – what what song did you dance to? What was your wedding dance song? Um, God, if you don't remember, it, I hope she's not it's listening. It's by Shania Twain. Uh, forever and always. Okay. All right. Took me a second. I had <laughs> i i knew the i knew the song, and I knew it, but I couldn't remember the name exactly. I got you. All right, that's good. We did George on my mind by Ray Charles. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Be sure and join Bill later this afternoon, and I'm sure he'll talk some Braves. Bill's going to be fired up for. Pitchers and catchers reporting tomorrow on Valentine's Day. Kudos again to the Georgia men's golf team for winning the Puerto Rico Classic. They're proud of Coach Hack and the team there. And we'll be back with you tomorrow from noon until 1. Talking sports, talking dogs, talking bases, you name it. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody. Remember, guys, at least go get her a card. See you tomorrow for a Valentine's very special edition of Lunchtime in Athens here on the Superstations.